welcome to another MLEX podcast. I'm Laurel Henning, Senior Correspondent at MLEX, and speaking to you from our offices in Sydney. Joining me for today's podcast and dialing in from Tokyo is Senior Correspondent Toko Sekiguchi. Hi, Toko. Hi, Laurel. Over the last year, regulatory pressure on digital platforms, so companies such as Facebook and Google, has been increasing around the world as regulators try to hold companies to account on issues from data privacy to fake news. Across the Asia-Pacific region, a focus on competition is coming to the fore in policy discussions. For example, the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission is currently finalising its digital platforms inquiry. A final report is expected on the 3rd of June. And recommendations from the report, which has looked at the impact of digital platforms on competition in the media and advertising services markets, it won't be binding, but those recommendations will consider whether there should be tax breaks for media organisations for certain types of journalism, such as investigative reporting. And it will also look at how digital platforms manage user data. But further north in Asia, the pressure on these companies is coming from a slightly different angle. And part of that is due to a strong domestic industry. But that's really enough from me. Toko, you're much better placed to tell us all about this. So tell us about the regulatory environment for digital platforms in Japan. What's our starting point here? Well, like the rest of the world scrambling to deal with GAFA's dominance, uh, Japan has recently accelerated its effort to set up rules to ensure competition in the IT sector. And just jumping in there, can you explain what GAFA is? Yeah, GAFA is uh, Google, Apple, Facebook, and Amazon. You get the first letter of the these company names. Great. And uh, these companies are famously now at the top of the rank um, in the world's largest uh, public traded companies in terms mm-hmm. of uh, market cap. Initially, uh, Japan's competition regulator, the Japan Fair Trade Commission, compiled a a data economy survey that garnered attention worldwide in 2017. They had led the discussion on the digital data economy and the new challenges it brought to competition policy. Um, But in recent months, Japan's Prime Minister Shinzo Abe's administration has taken up building a regulatory framework to ensure fair competition is one of his key measures in his economic policy. And some of the reasons for this is, you know, just the overall heightened awareness of GAFA as a global threat. Uh, and also um, on top of the, the four American companies, there is also China's Baidu, Alibaba and Tencent, um, I think also known as BAT. And uh, there's also a political consideration in this um the uh, lack of any other strong economic policy hallmark, given the weak showing of Abe's fiscal and monetary policies of easy money and hyped up public spending, hasn't really panned well in recent years. And so Japan's competition regulator is finding itself struggling to mark a presence in this political development. And um, Abe is designing a special platform competition monitoring group to be set up under his directive. And the some of the reasons given for this is that the JFDC has inad, inadequate insight into this <laughs> super complex industry. What a slamming criticism. Yeah. Um, okay. And as expected, um, it has kind of turned into a, a bit of a political issue. But um, in this uh, monitoring group, one of the some of the issues that are to be discussed include antitrust conduct guideline and um, M&A review guidelines, and these are you know right under the jurisdiction of the JFTC. 
And okay. so uh, the one big role that JFTC plays in this is that they're in charge of a big uh, platform market survey. And so given all this, um, there is uh, a battle of uh, leadership in the digital marketing competition policy making right now in Japan. Okay. But despite that criticism that's come then from the Japanese government, are there some credible challenges or reasons why the JFTC has struggled here? Was there a lack of precedent for it to take action in this area? What were the reasons why it wasn't um, doing what Abe perhaps wanted? Yeah, the uh, pl problem for the JFTC is that unlike in Europe, where a lot of uh, Japan's, you know, policy making discussion points are based on, there aren't a lot of enforcement cases yet. And uh, there have been notable cases uh, that JFTC's um, probes and uh, their uh, investigations. Um, Amazon's uh, price and selection parity uh, issue, uh, Apple's uh, iPhone sales practices. Um, there was a, a, a case looking into Airbnb's listing. There was um, it was a Japanese uh, platform, a, an online pet store. But all these cases closed through a voluntary commitment system. So there was no official um, JFTC coming out and saying, you know, there was wrongdoing. Mm. And um, there is one ongoing um, investigation into Amazon's superior bargaining position. But it's very difficult to predict uh, how that might end. And so there haven't been real cases of precedent for the JFTC to sort of take ownership of this subject. Okay. But you actually had some interesting developments on this just last week. Is that right? Yeah, um, the Japan Fair Trade Commission's chairman, Kazuyuki Sugimoto, spoke to reporters last Friday, and he insisted that the current merger guideline is adequate to deal with data issues in platform and M&As, mm -hmm. and in a sense telling the government that there's no need for this mad rush to introduce new rules, and that the JFTC can handle this under the current uh, rules and guidelines. So sort of like bolstering his his own organization's position, because it sounds like, I mean, we've, we've already mentioned it a little bit, but it just really sounds like there's a tension there between the regulator and the government. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so um, I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, privacy issues. What about privacy um, in the region where you, where you are and, and at the stories that you've been been cover, covering? I'm interested how that might compare across the region, because in, in Australia, gaffers being attacked for their opaque privacy policies and approach to algorithm use, which um, came up actually just last week in a blog post from Facebook's Simon Milner, who's their vice president of APAC policy. And he was responding to um, recommendations from Australians competition regulator, which have called for um, in their sort of interim report on their digital platforms inquiry, they suggested that it might be a good idea to have an algorithm regulator and Milner said the ACCC has no evidence for the need for a regulator and the information on algorithm use won't save like it's not enough to save Australia's media industry so narrowing this down what would the key points be that are being discussed in Japan and how does that compare to what I've just mentioned as an example in Australia so privacy was highlighted as a key issue in the JFTC when it introduced its thinking on the data economy back in 2017 um, however, the focus is rapidly shifting to protectionism since it's been taken up by the Abe administration as an economic policy to 
help uh, domestic GAFA rivals and uh, Japan's small and medium enterprises um, who are suppliers to the big uh, foreign IT platforms. And what do you think uh, prompted that shift? Why, given that privacy was highlighted at first as a key issue, why do you think that might have sort of got lost in the debate since then? You can't talk about platforms without understanding the value of data and privacy. So it's not all lost. And the government is suggesting that revisions to the merger and antitrust guidelines must take data into concern. And for example, um, proposed changes in the merger review guidelines includes the need to figure out how to value data, which is harvested in exchange for services like Google and Facebook. And there are talks of opening up the superior bargaining power abuse clause, not just to subsidiaries and small businesses, but also in relationship to individual users as suppliers of data. And also, um, transparency and privacy policies is one of the issues that's being discussed. And however, Japan's Privacy Commission, which is a newly created agency to deal with privacy protection and coordination with other jurisdictions on data rules like the GDPR, is hardly a presence in the debate. And some of the possible reasons for this um, could be that uh, the Privacy Commission is a is a pretty weak political power, um, and there may be a lack of understanding about data trading and privacy among lawmakers. And there's also, um, you know, a reluctance to set up stringent privacy laws as the government and Japan's industry looks to marketing um, big data, given that Japan's manufacturer-driven industry wants to secure room for um, monetizing big data. So there are a few different factors at play there. Let's look a little bit now at the actual structure of the market in this region, because it's very different in Japan or actually perhaps widely in Asia. Maybe you can explain that a bit more to the EU and to Australia, where the market is really dominated by foreign players. But Japan, it has its own digital giants, correct? Yeah, um, Japanese platform operators are competitive to an extent. For example, in terms of market share, um, Rakuten, which is a big uh, e-commerce company, rivals Amazon in terms of how many um, third-party platform okay. retailers sell on the Rakuten platform. And uh, for social media, obviously uh, Facebook is a huge presence here, but um, Line, which is a, a Japanese company actually owned by um, a Korean company, but uh, that's where most of uh, the social media um, communication is going on in Japan. And so uh, in sheer size, uh, I believe that uh, Line has nearly 80 million active users in Japan compared to Facebook and Instagram's combined um, 30 million each, so 60 million. And how does the existence then of prominent domestic rivals impact antitrust rulemaking for this industry? Well, it's a it's a difficult balance to strike, um, regulation versus innovation, and South Korea is experiencing this very same thing. Um, South Korea's local tech giants like Naver, which happens to own Line, mm. um, claim reverse discrimination in the application of local laws to GAFA companies who take advantage of legal loopholes. And uh, Korea's antitrust and privacy regulators are going after Google, Apple, and Facebook. 
Um, Amazon is not included just because uh, their presence is apparently very limited in South Korea. And um, as a way to rein in the foreign giant, Korean regulators are suggesting requiring local servers to create a taxable presence in uh, South Korea for these foreign firms. And also setting up uh, data protection officers and placing value-added taxes on a wide range of internet services. And what about compliance in terms of comparing Japanese companies with foreign firms? Um, Japan's complaints run along similar lines that uh, Japanese companies are overly compliant versus foreign national firms that uh, exploit and take advantage of legal loopholes. And uh, platform regulation talk also touch upon introducing extraterritoriality to some existing laws like telecom privacy rules. And Akuten especially has been vocal about the need to make sure any new rules would be applied to domestic and foreign firms the same way. And again, you know, this is a, a difficult balance to strike and no doubt will be a key point in the policymakers discussion in months ahead. So there's clearly a lot for us to keep talking about, Toko. But for now, I think that's all we've got time for today. But with us, with the Australian Digital Platforms Inquiry coming to a close in the middle of this year uh, and policy developments clearly shaping up in Asia, we'll be returning to this topic soon, I'm sure. Thanks for speaking with me today, Toko. Thanks, Laura. Toko Sekiguchi is a senior correspondent with MLEX and is based in Tokyo. Her coverage of the topics discussed here today, as well as my own coverage of Australian policy developments, can be found in the same place where you found our podcast today. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts for the latest from MLEX. If you rate and review the podcast, it will make it easier for other people to find us. But from Toko Sekiguchi and me, Laurel Henning, goodbye. Goodbye.